It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody welcome back it is the osmo.com nhl dfs strategy show we have a what is this eight game slate there's going to be nine total games early one got axed for covid concerns so back down to just eight no showdowns for any of our subs to win uh until later tonight in the edmonton game i think that's the feature showdown so that game's going to be talked about actually not too much because there there isn't a whole lot to talk about um, so maybe once we get to that game, we could just talk about like game theory and just like our general strategy when ownership's this high. But anyways, we got eight games. So, uh, just quick review from last night, but first, how are you doing Cliffy? How did last night go for you? I, I mean, last night probably could have gone a lot worse. Like I didn't win any money, but, um, I got back about three quarters of my entries and I had 0% Jeff Petrie. So um, on a night where there's one defenseman so far above everybody else on a short, short-ish slate, when you're at zero percent, you still get back three quarters of your entries. I think uh, you'll take it. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. I think we're going to run into that problem a lot this year, especially you know tonight again. Even though there is a bigger price pricing discrepancy, is like Petrie and Weber have been so close priced together, and they rarely go off at the same time. So like, it feels like you're flipping a coin, and those kind of nights just. You just got to put them in the rearview mirror because sometimes you just got to choose and sometimes you pick wrong and you just move on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically had one lineup that did well and otherwise I would have gotten completely smashed. So it was uh, pretty lucky. I'm running crazy hot right now. And so, yeah, I'm sure it'll swing in the other direction here and uh, you won't hear me talk about anything good for a while and uh, I'll be pretty negative, but for now it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. I mean, if you didn't have Montreal, if you didn't have Petrie, it kind of stinks when that happens when like there's one guy that's, somewhat owned i think he was like five to ten percent owned or something but like you needed him because he just outpaced everyone else at his position um where you only start two of those guys so it was tough i mean posternak you may have needed him to have some success winnipeg won or i guess the stats line was decent if you played old winnipeg one i think that was the best way to go with shifley connor and wheeler but um yeah kind of a weird slate uh good one tonight though so well, depending on what you want to play, actually, it could be a very tilting one. Some people, there's some mixed reviews early on this one. So uh, we're going to start it out with the lowest total game of the night, the Dallas Stars and the Columbus Blue Jackets. 2.6 implied total for the Stars, 2.6 as well for the Blue Jackets. Jake Odinger and Jonas Corposalo are your goalies here. Um, this one probably going to go a little bit overlooked actually a lot of bit overlooked if you're looking at the ownership uh on the site right now big news for columbus they're getting their guy patrick line uh he's gonna slot alongside alexander texier and uh cam atkinson at least to start with um the rest of the, i mean columbus looks pretty deep to me dallas uh got to the stanley cup last year i don't know how they did with this kind of roster plus saying but they did um and not starting their starting goalie. So this is kind of a weird game, but is there anything that you want to talk about here off the bat? Well, yeah, the first thing that stood out to me in this game is just how expensive Dallas was, right? Like, they are really expensive. Like, Pavelski and Gurianov averaging over 7K hints is over $6,000, and he has six shots in five games, I think. Like, that. Like we're talking really, really expensive. It's, it's just getting me off Dallas. Like, if Dallas – like almost all of last year, all these players were like mid fours, 5,000 mid fives. Like all of a sudden they're at the seven K range because their power play was good for two games. Like all pass. Like Columbus is one of the least penalized teams in the NHL this year. And they're one of the least penalized teams in the NHL last year. If Dallas only gets a couple power plays. I have a lot of concerns about how much offense they're actually going to generate because they're not a great uh, shot generation team at five on five. They weren't last year. They're not again this year. Like, this isn't a great offensive team. All the offensive success they've had is, has, become, has, has been because of the power play. And like I said, Columbus doesn't take a lot of penalties. So, like, even in a game like this where, like, I think the players are too expensive, sometimes I'll go down to the defenseman. But even then, like, Klingberg's almost 7K and Hayes getting $6,000. Like, I'm, like, maybe if it's a shorter slate, four or five games or something like that, we, we, only, we only had so many options, I might get in on Dallas. But... At those prices on the road, like with bad five-on-five numbers go, dating back to last year, like I'm pretty much all out on Dallas. I don't think I have a single player in any of my lineups from that roster. Uh, now, again, I do 20. I don't do 250 like Jake does. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, like, if you're doing 150 tonight, I don't know how you don't come in under on Dallas. This is just it's – a, it's not a good matchup. Uh, like at, at five on five on the you know on the P, on the power play uh, and they're way too expensive so I'm out on Dallas on the Columbus side 
I have a lot of interest in what is ostensibly their third line, Jenner, Bjorkstrand, and Roslevic. <laughs> the reason for that is uh, it's one of those lines that you can fit in with McDavid and Dreisaitl. So it's pretty obvious what my strategy is going to be here tonight. Um, and also uh, the other thing that kind of gets me on them is that they should be matched up against Dallas's second line. Early returns on that Dallas second line has been poor defensive numbers, and that's not hugely surprising considering Pavelski's in his late 30s. Uh, Gurianov's not known for his defense. Uh, so I kind of like that Columbus third line. It's perfectly correlated on the power play. Rosalvik, Jenner, Bjorkstrand. Um, they're super cheap. Like, you can fit them in with McDavid, um, and they're going to be matched up against Pavelski and Gurianov. So that's kind of where I'm going. Like, I understand – wanting to get in on line eight. It's his first game of test year. It's not a bad line. It's good correlation and all that. I just don't think it's a good matchup up against Dallas. And I think people are going to be kind of excited to play him for some reason. It like, this is a way worse situation for him than it was in Winnipeg. Like, I don't know why people would be excited about line eight in Columbus. Like this is considerably worse for his fantasy upside. Like I don't have a ton of interest in him at seven K playing for this team. So um, give me some Rosvick, Bjorkstrand, Jenner, Jones. I'm going to mix in some Felino to get some more out of that power play stacks. Uh, give me some Corpusalo as well. I'm going to be using him, um, not a fair bit, but he's one of my more popular goalies here tonight. Is it Corpusalo or Ms. Lickens? I think it's Corpusalo. Corpusalo. Yeah. So Corpusalo, I have a fair amount of here tonight. So that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm off of Dallas completely. Uh, I, lo- I like Corpus Allo here tonight, and I'm going to be using mostly that third line, the Bjorkstrand, uh, Jenner, and uh, Rosovic lines, or some mixture of them with, with Seth Jones. Yeah, and if you're looking at the lineup builder, I'm looking at it right now. Um, sometimes the lines get mixed up. Um, so, yeah, you're talking about the Rosovic line is the one that you like. That one showing the second line and the Domi line is the third line. Um, it doesn't really matter here. I think all these no. lines are going to get a decent run, the top three. Um, for Columbus. So I think like any of them are in play. I wouldn't have a problem stacking any of them, especially because um, with the second and the third line specifically, uh, they fit with Edmonton. Like you can do a two-man Domi, Felino. I know that's not super enticing, but um, at least they're cheap. They play together five on five and um, both get some power play time. Um, so I can see myself doing stuff like that with Columbus. Um if I'm trying to get to a bunch of Edmonton or another, like maybe Carolina power play stack, um, something more expensive. Um, but as far as like having a bunch of exposure to this game, I don't think that's going to be the case for me on either side. Like the only, the only thing to like, I guess about Dallas is their ownership, but like they still have to basically outscore Winnipeg or um, not. Well, yeah, Winnipeg, but uh, Edmonton as well uh, at these prices. So I just don't see that being very likely. Uh, I think I haven't checked on them in the top stack, but I'm assuming they're a little bit under owned, but still very low chance of being the top stack at this price. So yeah, we have, sorry, we have them under 5% as a top two stack and outside the top 10, like nowhere's at that price, nowhere's close. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, Even as a 150 maxer, I can't see myself getting to, much of the Dallas side. You mentioned Klingberg's price. Hiskinen's up to 6K. Just the pricing's broken here, it looks like, on DraftKings for these stars. So I'm just going with some shares of each of the top three lines for Columbus. Um, that Roslick line does look like a pretty good value. So um, I like the call there. And then the defenseman, um, 
they're both fine. Uh, Jones and Wierenski, uh they do correlate better to specific lines, though. So um, Jones is going to go better with the Rosalick line. Wierenski is going to go better with the Tessier line. If you're going there with line A in his first game as a Blue Jacket. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to say about Seth Jones – uh, he's had like he used to be like a, a multi-cat stud, but I don't think people realize his shot rate has fallen off a cliff. Like three years ago, he's at three point one shots per game. Two years ago, it was two point five. Last year it was two point two, and this year it's one point nine. It's been a steady decline for three years. Like he's not the same defenseman he was three years ago. So like I'm using Jones because I'm putting him in with my power Columbus power play stacks, but I wouldn't one off him. I if I was one offing a defenseman here, it'd be Wierenski. All right, let's go to the Canucks and the Canadiens. 2.8 implied total for the Canucks, 3.3 for Montreal. It's expected to be Demko and Allen because Holtby and Price went last night. These two teams played in Montreal, so they're just running it back. We'll see this a bunch of times. I think a pretty good idea of what the matchups are going to be here. I don't see this one going that much different for these teams. So I think Montreal is going to dominate the possession until maybe it gets out of hand again. Their top three lines are more than in play for me. Um, I know the second line doesn't project very well, but uh, do you like Montreal again on a much bigger slate than last night? And then is there anything on the Vancouver side that you like? Oh yeah. I like Montreal again here tonight, but I I think we kind of saw the problem with Montreal. Um, last night as far as stacking goes right because they do split up their guys on the power play quite a bit um and they do move like their centers around and stuff like that so like even they even though they scored six goals last night (laughs) their defense a defenseman was the only guy with a three-point game right like there's going to be some nights where they spread out because they are three pretty good lines like montreal's three top lines are three pretty evenly you know spaced out and, and match lines um the way that the matching went last night it was the Phil. They actually put Phil Deneau out against Bo Horvat, and then they put the Nick Suzuki line out against Elias Patterson. But like honestly, I think for matchups, I don't think either one of those is good for Vancouver. Like those are like the top six got completely run over last night. Um, but I'm going back to my Montreal three again. Uh, Kakaniemi's price kind of went back up. Um, but it's another one of those stacks like him and Perry and Romanoff or something that you can fit in. Uh, with your McDavid's McDavid dry sidle stacks later. So that's kind of why I'm on them. If I wasn't on uh, the Montreal uh, third line, because I'm using them with McDavid, I'd probably gravitate uh, more towards the uh, Dano line. Sorry. Uh, the reason for that is because they're probably going to go up against the Horvat line. I think the Horvat line is worse defensively especially with Hoglander there um, as a rookie. Rookies are usually pretty, are usually aren't very good defensively. Tanner Pearson's not great. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I think that's kind of where I'm going is that I would rather have, like, if I'm probably, like, for me personally, in my lineups, I'm going to have mostly, if not all, just Montreal 3 because I'm going heavy McDavid tonight. 
if you're taking one of the top Montreal lines, I'd probably go towards the Dono line just because of the, of the Horvat matchup. Um, and I, I, I just think that's easier game in game matchup, but I want the, the, honestly, my favorite stack out of the whole game is the Vancouver power play. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we saw, you know, back in when these te- two teams played early in the season back in Vancouver, you know, we saw that one game from the Canucks where they scored like four power play goals or something like that, or three power play goals. Like this is legitimately one of the best power plays in the league. And we know the five guys that are going to be on it. And we know one of the lines is perfectly correlated. We know that they're not super expensive and like, Jake Allen, like, I think he's a step down from Carey Price. Like, it depends what you, how you view Carey Price. Like, I'm not as high on him as some other people might be, but I still think Jake Allen is a step down here. So, um, I, I'm kind of digging this Vancouver power play. Like, outside of, like, I'm going pretty heavy McDavid. Outside of my McDavid lineups, the Vancouver power play is my second highest exposure. So, um, give me some of that Vancouver power play in Montreal 3 here tonight. Uh, looking on the blue line. I mean, I, I guess you're fine to go back to Nate Schmidt um, if you want, but I think we're kind of sticking. Like, Shea Weber's price came down, so I think, you know, Weber over Petrie's probably the play here tonight. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be a little bit of an ownership discrepancy, but Petrie's big game maybe boosts him a little bit. People, you know, the game log watchers or whatever. But from a project, uh, projection standpoint, yeah, it's it's Weber value, all that. Um, you're just going to get a little bit of increased ownership because his price came down and he's $1,200 cheaper than Petrie. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind going to some Vancouver, uh, either top line or just the power play, like you said, like the onslaught. Um, you hope you get the bad Jake Allen. This is a goalie who's been historically very streaky. Um, and so, I don't know, that's probably just a narrative thing. That's probably terrible analysis, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's an 18K line that you can't fit in with, like, the great parts of Edmonton. You can't fit them in with McDavid and Drysaddle. So even if they don't outscore them uh, from a raw point perspective, I guess the thing that I'm doing in my non-Edmonton lineups is just kind of relying on um, like a, a balanced build. And so an 18K line, you compare them with another you know, 13, 14K line uh, at five on five, and you hope you get the two lines that uh, really outperform their projection here. And so I think Vancouver is one of them. I also think that any of the three Montreal lines are capable of dominating at five on five here. So um, that's kind of like, I, I really like this game specifically the Montreal side, but right now I'm over on Vancouver, uh, Vancouver's top line because they're getting basically no ownership. Um, and so I like this game a lot. Um, Quinn Hughes for Vancouver. If I'm going there, perfect guy to add in um, pretty dangerous on the power play but you're more relying on assists. He is shooting a little bit more this year. Um, so I guess you're probably okay using him as a one-off, but I much prefer to use him in a uh, Vancouver power player, Vancouver one stack. So yeah, I like this game a lot. Uh, I just kind of hope I land on the right parts of it. So that ownership for Montreal two um, is really, really low for a line that's been good at five on five and uh, you get Suzuki and Drew in on that top power play. So looking forward to, uh, playing a bunch of parts of this game yeah what about Demko you like him at 7100 I mean as a <laughs> like as a correlation play I suppose like they just give up so many shots would they give up 40 shots last night yeah but that's what we're looking for baby yeah exactly so yeah if you're playing Vancouver power play or Vancouver one if you want to throw in Demko uh, I have absolutely no problem with that I, I usually don't put too much thought into the goalie position so Anyone that's 
near the min salary, the floor salary for a goalie. Uh, he's got some talent and he's going to see volume. Yeah, I'm in on that for sure. He could lose and potentially be like a top three or four uh, highest scoring goalie on the night at 7,100. So yep. let's go to Carolina and Chicago. 3.4 implied total for the Hurricanes, 2.5 for the Hawks. Reimer and Lankinen are your goalies. Uh, speaking of goalies, Lankinen, he's won uh, a handful of uh, starts recently. Seems like they're done with the Subban experiment, at least until Lankinen cools off. Um, 2% ownership. He's going to be 7,200 against a team that over the last few years, he's uh, they put up as many shots and shot attempts as anyone. Um, so he might be another guy that we're looking at. Uh, Carolina, you're seeing some ownership on um, this top line, and that's really that's really about it. Uh, is this a spot that you're looking towards? Not the gaudy four implied total that Edmonton has, but oh, uh, closer to three and a half. It's not too bad on an eight game slate. Yeah, I'm kind of like I really don't know what to do with Carolina here because I hate those lines. Like we were talking in our premium Slack with some of our members before the show, and we were talking about the difference between having different players on the top line. Like for me, the difference between Brock McGinn on the top line and Andre Svechnikov on the top line takes Carolina from like my I think it's my number two line to my number seven line. Right? Like it's a big, big big downgrade going from Andre Sveshnikov to Brock McGinn. Like we can't discount that. You can't just say, Oh, it's he, this guy's just a little bit worse. No, he's considerably worse than Andre Sveshnikov. So that's kind of where like my issue comes in with Carolina is that, is that they're effectively splitting across three different units, right? Aho, Terabinen on the top line. Then you have the Trocek line. Then you have Stalin Svech on the third line. Like they're trying to do what Montreal is doing. It seems like. And that's balance three lines and have a balanced attack, which like you, you don't really need to against Chicago, but I kind of get it. Um, where I'm going to on this on this night, actually, uh, I'm I don't have any of the top line. I don't have any of Aho and Teravainen. Can I guess which line? Go ahead. Install line. You got it. I mean, I, I do have some of the second line as well. Um, I will say I have some Stahl, Svechnikov, Fogel. One, their numbers are insanely good. They played, they played together last year quite a bit. Um, we're looking at an expected goals well over three. Actual goals scored at about 2.8, which is well above league average. Like, even though they underperformed their expected goals, they're still scored at a, at, a, at a rate way above the league average. And beyond that is we get a little bit of that power play correlation that we're always looking for, right? Um, Natchez and Niederreiter uh, play the second power play unit. So, you know, you can use Natchez, Niederreiter, and Gardner, and, you know, there's another three-man stack that you can fit in uh, with your McDavid's and your Drysidles. Um, so that's kind of why I'm digging that second line. The third line, Stahl, Fogel, Svechnikov, same thing. You can fit him in with your McDavid and your Drysidles. So um, that's kind of why I'm digging Car- the Carolina depth a little bit more. And also Teravainen having so much time off, like, you know, we saw Pasternak come back and he struggled in his first game. We saw Ovechkin come back. He struggled in his first game. And, like, I think he only got on the board with an empty net goal or something like that. So, um, you know, these guys coming back that haven't pl- been playing for 10, 11, 12, 14 days or whatever it is, um, I think you got to give them some time to kind of get acclimated. So I know Tuvo is super cheap at 4,800, and that's probably what's driving a lot of ownership. But 
Um, I'm dumping down to the second and the third lines to match in with my McDavid's and my dry sidles. Over on the Chicago side, did we get confirmation about Alex DeBrincat being in yet? I didn't see it. I Yes. Yeah, so that's one thing to watch in this game is Alex DeBrincat was taken off the COVID list. But, you know, we saw that with actually the Carolina team on the weekend, right? It was all their guys got taken off the COVID list, but none of them played because they wanted to get them some more practice time or whatever it was, or they weren't exactly cleared to play. They were just clear to leave the COVID list or something like that. It was some technicality, but anyways, like the burn cat might be back tonight. He might not. So we don't exactly know what the Chicago lines are going to look like. And honestly, they've been, they've looked pretty bad all year other than Kubelik, Strom and Kurashev, which is a line that has now been broken up. They've looked pretty bad. So I don't have any Chicago right now. What I will say is that, if the Brinkat's in tonight, I might dig in and go switch around some some of my Vancouver power play stacks to fit in. You know, if it's the Brinkat, Kane, and Strom or something like that, um, I might dig into it. So I don't have any Chicago right now. Um, depends if the Brinkat's back tonight. I might get one or two um, the Brinkat's in. We'll see what that we'll see what happens when that lineup's released. But for now, it's it's the Carolina second and third lines for me. Yeah, I like this the depth lines for Carolina, specifically the stall line. Um, I'm seeing different lines on our lineup builder, but I'm guessing this is just a, a mistake that's going to get corrected because looking at a couple other sites, uh, like lineup sites, and I'm seeing McGinn, Ajo, Terrabine, and then third line, Svechnikov, Stahl, Fogel. So assuming that's the case, um, yeah, I, I like the stall line. Uh, I like that they're considered the third line uh, because people often don't include third lines. They think they're bad, but, and, you know, to some extent, uh, depending on the team, they are, but this is a really good third line. Um, They've got great numbers going back to the start of last season, going to go up against some Chicago depth, which is awesome. Um, I mean, going up against Chicago in general is awesome. 3.4 implied total. You got Svechnikov uh, who can score goals. So um, that's another two man you can get to like stall Svechnikov or something like that. There's a bunch of options on the Carolina side. I'm not worried about playing too much Chicago. If the breakout comes back, like I would be interested in it, but the problem is that he's 6,600. So who are you going to like, you would almost have to crunch or like make your lineups like he's in and then just adjust afterwards because like, you're not going to drop, Kane down to the Brinkat, and then no one else is above 5,600, which is Strom. Um, so it, it'd be pretty tough to try to maneuver that situation unless you're just outright swapping to um, from, from like a later game. Because even that Vancouver game is at 7 Eastern. This one starts at 8 Eastern. So it would, might- Yeah, it would have to be something like you have a Colorado one stack or a Flames yeah. power play stack or something like that. Yeah, so kind of a tough situation to navigate. I don't, I'm not very interested in working that one out on an eight game slate, anyways. Um, so I'm probably going to pass on DeBrincat regardless. And if you know he's one percent or less than one percent, and he had he's and Cliffy's winning all the money tonight. Um, and I won't, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Hamilton 6600, he's my favorite defenseman tonight. Uh, he could probably go with any line. Uh, but I prefer him with either that first line or the third line. I'm not like off the top line. They're just getting owned at a decent clip. And so uh, you mentioned it's the Terravine's $4,800 prices. 
boosting their ownership a little bit, but I agree with it. Like, I think Carolina dominates the possession here more often than not. Uh, I want to mention there's a couple punty defensemen, uh, Brett Pesci and Brady Shea. I like for 2,900 and 3,400 on the Carolina side as well. If you're not going to Hamilton, I would try to not include two defensemen, two uncorrelated defensemen uh, from the same team on an eight-game slate if you can. Anything on the Chicago side for the blue line or any other one-offs guys you want to mention? No. I'm um, not on Chicago at all tonight. Not, all right. Like I said, unless the bring cats in. Okay. Fair enough. Arizona, St. Louis, 2.2 implied total for the Yotes, 3.2 for the Blues. Darcy Kemper and Jordan Bennington are your goalies. Uh, another game where I kind of just like one side. It's going to be very shocking which side I like. I think Cliffy – is on the same page with me. So I asked you a few a few shows ago if it was St. Louis tonight, but is this St. Louis tonight? Uh, yeah, this is definitely St. Louis tonight. Uh, I'm still on them. There's their numbers still look great. They're still rolling. Like there's nothing. Like Arizona's actually hasn't looked bad this year. That's something that should be said. They've actually looked like a competitive hockey team, which is something that I certainly wasn't expecting and. Like, that Carolina top line interests me, Schmaltz, Garland, Keller. But here's the problem, is that, again, we're running into the McDavid problem. They're too expensive to stack with McDavid and Dreisaitl. But are they good enough to put in with, like, Vancouver and hope that they outscore McDavid and Dreisaitl? Like, it's that conundrum that we're in tonight. So, even though I kind of want to use Schmaltz, Garland, Keller, like, I'm out. Um, I'm going to be going back to the St. Louis second line, Shannon Schwartz. Like, Kairou's price has come up a lot. Um, he's priced almost... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right up with Schwartz. And Kairou's still only playing, like, I think, you know, he double-dogged last game, but I think he only played 12 minutes. So, like, you can't, you can't really expect a ton out of a guy playing 12 minutes a night. Um, so, like, you can leave Kairou off. I'm completely fine with that. Um you can use some sort of St. Louis power play stack if you want to add in Perron or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is one of the stacks that I'm going to in my lineups that aren't uh, my Edmonton lineups for sure. Um, one thing I want to mention about Arizona though is um, Jordan Osterley. He was a guy that we talked about quite a bit last year because he got a lot of power play run. He actually uh, got more minutes than Jacob Chikrin in their last game, their last game out against Anaheim. He played 23 minutes, and he's running their second power play unit, and they're pretty much splitting their two power play units. So Osterley, 3,500, you know, 22, 23 minutes, um, getting a good amount of power play time. He's one of my favorite, like, lower-priced defensemen here tonight. But other than that, I don't have much from Arizona other than him. I do like Darcy Kemper, assume, assuming Kemper starts here tonight. Um I'm going to be in on Camper just because of his price. And I think, you know, it's a good matchup, you know, not that it's a good matchup, but it's, it's as good as, I don't know how to explain it, but like St. Louis doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it. Like it's 
I know St. Louis has put up six or seven goals at time this year, but they're not a team that I generally worry about putting up six or seven goals. Like they're not a Colorado or Tampa Bay or something like that. So uh, yeah, I'm in on Kemper and Osterley. I'm in on St. Louis too. St. Louis power play, I should say more specifically. Like I do have some mm-hmm. uh, Perron and O'Reilly that are mixing in. Um, that's where I'm going here, but like not a ton because like I said, I can't fit them, fit them in with McDavid and I'm playing McDavid tonight. Yeah. And uh yeah, I like what you said about St. Louis. The second line, you can include Cairo. You don't have to. 4,500 only playing, you know, not even like the teens in some games. That's a little bit difficult. Um, you got to hope that he dongs in his 12 minutes or 13 minutes. Um, I think you can play either of the St. Louis lines at 5-on-5, five five, and I'm also going to be stacking some full power play St. Louis stacks and hope they get one of those six or seven games and that they outscore Winnipeg's power play. Uh, because, again, they're impossible to play with if you're taking the most expensive guys, uh, unless you're just going, like, 3-3 with a couple punt defensemen. I think I think it's possible with St. Louis 2 and Edmonton 1, but then you're leaving off dry saddle, uh, and people don't really like to do that. Not, not going to be too many people doing that tonight. Um, Cruz also 5,700. I wouldn't play him without uh, – either one of the top two lines um, in my lineups on DK, just not a peripherals guy. You mentioned Osele. Uh Do you know, is, is gross Jordan gross? Is he new? Is he a, is he a rookie? As far as I know. Yeah. I, I, Cause I hadn't seen his name in my sheet before. And he was a guy that popped up as the guy that uh, has just taken a decent amount of shots. He's played like two or three games, but uh, I think I looked up his numbers and he's like not even a half point per game player. So I didn't know if uh, if you had any thoughts on him, but he's 2,900. He's the guy that I got to. Yeah, well, my thought is, like, like we talked about Kyle Capobianco a couple games ago. My thought is is that Capobianco is, is a better defenseman than Jordan Gross, but Capobianco's not playing, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Pareko, 4,800. Vince Dunn's down to, down to 2,800. Not going to be owned if there's ever a Vince Dunn spot. Maybe it's here at 1.3% ownership. Uh, maybe he gets a game where he plays 18 minutes instead of 13 or something like that. Um, but yeah, do you like the third line at all for St. Louis? I guess we kind of skipped over them. Uh, not really. As weird as it sounds, like I don't like it that much without Tyler Bozak there. Like Bozak being injured, I think kind of hurts that line. He's he's not like he's not a first liner or whatever. Like he was in Toronto. But he's a good third line playmaker, right? And Robert Thomas is good, and but and Mike Hoffman is like a one dimensional. He's a shooter. He needs people to get him the puck, and I'm not sure Sammy Blaze is the guy to do that. Like I think they need if Bozak was there, I'd have interest. Let's say that. All right. Uh, before we move it on, just want to uh, give you guys the normal reminders. You guys helped us get to fifty thousand YouTube subscribers. A bunch of premium subscriptions, so thank you guys all for that. Uh, if you could, please hit the like button. That really helps us out. Uh, subscriptions also are uh, huge for the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when we go live. Um, other stuff we've got going on right now. Uh, we've got a new Osmo NHL account, so it's just at Osmo NHL. If you want to go give that a follow, that's where you're going to find out. Um Late news, uh, news that happens after lock, anything that we've got going on that's urgent in the premium Slack chat. Uh, We've got NBA projections and NHL projections for free today, so go check those out if you have not already. And uh, let's move it on to 
the next four games, or I guess the last four games, we've got Calgary and Winnipeg, 3.1 implied total for the Flames, three for the Jets. David Riddick and Laurent Brassois are your expected goalies here. We saw this one last night. Uh, Calgary won in a shootout, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Winnipeg tied it up late. That's right. And uh, some Winnipeg one or Winnipeg two, I guess, uh, was in the winning lineup. So are they going to be in the winning lineup again tonight? Not seeing crazy ownership, but kind of a little bit on the top six in on both sides here. Yeah, this is a weird one because I think we're going to have to be concerned about lines here. Um, Calgary changed up their lines and went almost exclusively back when Kachuk Manjapane in the third period last night. That would, that would be a line I'd have interest in, um, but we don't know if they're going to be together. Um, they moved Sam Bennett up to play with, with Sean Monahan and Johnny Godreau. I'd have less interest in that line. Uh, for me, if it's Kachuk, Backlund, Mangiapane, that would be the line I would go to, but we don't know if they're together. So um, my Calgary stacks right now, I think I have one Backlund, Kachuk, Mangiapane line because I have another line that I can swap to. Uh, other than that, I'm just power play stacking them because we just don't know what the lines are going to be for Calgary. And it's a shame because I think this is a really a pretty good spot for the Flames. I mean, the Flames rolled last night. If you watched the game or if you looked at the numbers, either one would tell you. Uh, Calgary controlled the game last night. Um, one thing I want to mention about that game is that Winnipeg didn't hard match. Uh, Mark Shifley didn't see 50% of his ice time against either uh, Johnny Gojo or Matt Chuck, which means they weren't hard matching against either of the top two lines. So as far as line matching goes, we don't. there's really no telling what's going to go on here, but with the way that Winnipeg has their line set up, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Um, I don't think there's, there's no line that I'm looking at Winnipeg and be like, Oh my God, I have to avoid this line tonight. It's such a terrible matchup. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, what the only thing I'm concerned about is what Calgary is going to do with their lines. I'm out on Winnipeg tonight. I don't think I have any jets. Like I might have something like some one-off Ehlers or something like that, but that's about it. Um, I'm mostly on Calgary power play here tonight. Uh, neither goalie. Um, both go, both, it should be both backup goalies here tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Riddick against Brassois. Um, neither goalie very good. So that's kind of, you know, another bit of incentive to play players out of this game rather than Edmonton. Uh, but I'm going Calgary power play mostly just because we don't know what the lines are going to be like. Yeah, I don't think there's really a priority play for me here. I'm looking at the ownership uh, on this game. Uh, like on the Winnipeg side compared to my current exposures. And they're basically right on with each other. So I'm fine. Like Winnipeg is definitely a team. I want to include their top two lines in uh, MME, but I don't think I'm going to be heavy on them in like the higher dollar stuff um, where I'm looking to more just like play some more Winnipeg or Winnipeg, uh, play some more Edmonton or, you know, some more low on stacks, maybe a Vancouver power play. Um, so I think they're owned fairly, uh, maybe a little bit under owned according to the top stack tool, uh, that Shiper line is specifically. So if you're, you know, flipping a coin between the two lines, maybe that, uh, helps you get some clarity there. And then if it was like, if we knew it was back when Kachuk Manjipani, that'd be a line I would jump on right away. Uh, it's cheap and not a lot of people are going to have it. So what I might do, um, what I'm probably going to do is just play like, 
crunch like the calorie lines are what they started as last night and then just be ready to adjust um, if they come out, regardless of how I'm doing after basically one period of a, a handful of games is when you're going to get this news. So um, I would swap to that line a bunch. Like I would go out of my way to do it if I could, because that's not only going to be a unique combo, but that might be a way where you could get more exposure, like an extra McDavid, an extra dry cycle, um that many people won't have. So I, now that I'm thinking of it, it might be worth it to just crunch my lineups like it is Backlund, Kachuk, and Mangiapane. Because, like, no one, I mean, not that many people are doing that. Maybe some people are now that you said that, um, now that we've talked through a little bit. Not a bad idea. It's I mean, pretty... even us talking about it, I can't imagine that trio is going to be more than 1% tonight. No, yeah, it's, it's not going to be. Like, maybe a few people watching the show do, maybe a few other people that have thought the slate through have thought about that but yeah like it's not a bad idea to do it you you need to figure out some way to be weird with the winnipeg tonight if you're just slamming them because they're going to be above 50 percent in some of the higher dollar stuff i'm almost certain of it a 9k mcdavid and uh, i don't dry settles what 8700 yeah crazy times but uh that's all i've got for this game anything else you want to mention did we talk about defensemen at all Pionk, Morrissey, Gio, Matt Anderson, Tanev scored a goal last night. Yeah, I'm putting Anderson in with my Calgary PP stacks, but other than that, like, there's not a ton out of this game for defensemen that I really like. Um, Pionk is fine if you want to get a bit different with Winnipeg and avoid avoid Morrissey. Uh, that's about it. I'm not using either goalie. Pionk always grades out well in our projections. Um, it, is he a peripheral player? Like, he doesn't really strike me as a guy that gets a ton of blocks, gets a ton of shots, maybe just gets enough of both. No, he, yeah, he he's not really known for his peripherals. Like, he he can put up a couple shots a game, but he doesn't block a lot. But it's his, it, for right now, it's his ice time. Like, he's getting like 23, 24 minutes a game. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, all right, let's move it on to Minnesota and Colorado. Depleted Minnesota team, and then a Colorado team that's missing their best player, one of the best players in the NHL. So for the wild, I believe it's going to be Talbot. Uh, and then Drew Bauer is confirmed for the abs 2.5 implied for the wild 3.1 for the abs. What is going on with the wild lines? Like there's like five guys that I have barely heard of on this Minnesota team out of their 18. Uh, and one of them I only know because I went to the same high school as him. So Really, there's like six guys, and then Colorado's basically just moving around their um, their centers here. Sheldon, is it Drees? He's he's playing. He, he wasn't in the lineup before, so he's going to sign as the fourth center. Uh, Tyson Jost going to center, Nishushkin and Donskoy. Kadri's staying with Saad and Burakovsky. I thought he might move up. That would have made it a little bit more of an interesting price point. And then Comfer is going to go from line three to line one with Landeskog and Rantanen. So what does this, all this information do for you here? Okay. So like I'm pretty out on the t- typical Minnesota scores, which is Parise and Kaprasov. Cause one, they split them up on different lines, which is super annoying. Um, they're like with Kevin Fiala still out, like remember Fiala got suspended. So with Fiala out, their two best wingers are Parise I'd say they're only two good offensive, like real good offensive wingers, Aprizé and 
Capra's off and they have him on different lines. So, like, I just have no interest. Like, I'm not going to go stack Victor Rask and Gerald Mayhew just so I can play Capra's off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not doing that. So, I'm out on those two lines. It's the Erickson at Greenway Hartman line that actually kind of interests me here. One, it's their price, right? Like, they're just over 10K, so you can fit them in with your McDavid lines. Two, like, Erickson Eck and Greenway, generally speaking, have been really good together going back the last couple of years. Uh, not necessarily known for their offense, but again, at that price range, when you're talking about 10K so they can get up to McDavid, like, you don't need them to go out and put up four-point nights, right? Like, a goal and an assist is, like, way more than enough. So I kind of like that they're going into the Colorado one matchup as well. I think that's the matchup that's going to happen. Um, Landeskog's defensive numbers have kind of slipped as his career's age. Rantanen's never been a great defensive player. Um, you know, they should go up against, I think they'll face it. Uh, Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. That might be a tough matchup, but like there are only so many spots you can go if you want to fit in McDavid and Dreisaitl and and those guys. So that's kind of where I'm going here is Erickson at Greenway Hartman. Their numbers, like a lot of their numbers are without Hartman, but Erickson at Green, like I said, Erickson at Greenway have played well together, generally in a shutdown role, but like they're getting a ton of minutes. They played like 18, 19 minutes each last game. So like 19 minutes, I don't care if Greenway's not a good offensive player. If he's playing 19 minutes and I can fit him in in my McDavid lineups, I'm going to do it. So... I'm out on Colorado tonight, actually. Like, I, I'm not stacking their lines. I, like, people are going to go after John for Tomfer, and I just don't think, like, it is such a massive downgrade from, from McKinnon to JT Comfer. Like, this isn't Comfer sliding into Kaji's role. This is Comfer sliding into McKinnon's role. And we're expecting, you know, Ranton and Landeskog to still, like, produce three-point games against a Minnesota team that is really good defensively. Like, this is a tough matchup for Colorado. I just – I have no interest in paying nearly $8,000 for Miko Rantanen with Nathan McKinnon out of the lineup. So – uh, if you wanted like dumpster dive, if you want to do like a Kadri sod two man to fit in with McDavid or something like that, like I'm fine with it. But I'm like I'm not power play stock stacking Colorado or anything like that tonight. Honestly, out of this game, the only line stack that I have is Erickson, Eck, Hartman, and Greenway. Okay, uh, wait, who who's slotting in on the top power play with uh, with McKinnon out? I assume it's going to be Comfort. Okay, so they're fully correlated. Yeah. Um, because Comfort played on the power play earlier in the season, didn't he? When I think – because they're – like the first few games they're switching around Kadri at times. Like they were going with different guys on the top PP yeah. unit. I think Comfort got like – not a lot. Like I'm talking like two power play opportunities. So I'm just assuming he takes that role. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're they're fully correlated. If you can stomach the price, which I, I don't blame you if you can't, especially on Edmonton one chalk night. Uh, you're going to feel pretty dumb if you get one goal out of Colorado one without McKinnon and, uh, you know, Edmonton goes nuts. Right? Like, do you want to pay $18,000 for Colorado one without Nathan McKinnon? Like, not really? No. I mean, against Minnesota too. Like, it's not like it's Ottawa or Florida or Nashville or something or Detroit. Yeah. I think and Minnesota's game plan is going to be, let's just try to slow it down. Like they don't have much scoring to start with. Uh, one of their best scoring defensemen's out, Dumba, for who knows how long. Um, I mean, they still got Suter, Spurgeon, Brodeen. Uh, maybe Susie's going to be good. I don't know. Ian Cole, the guy they just traded for. So, 
yeah, I don't think they're terrible defensively. Um, Kaprizov, I mean, 5,200, if you wanted to one-off him, that's fine. I, I think I agree with you as well on the Erickson at Greenway Hartman line. They just played a ton last game. Uh, so maybe they play another close to 20 minutes and score a goal. Um, that could easily happen. The Kadri line getting a bunch of ownership too, as is Colorado one. So if these ownerships stick, um, then I don't really have a ton of interest in Colorado. If they come down a little bit, I'll start to get a little bit more of them, but I like Montreal a little bit better. Um, some of these other spots, St. Louis, I think I like a little bit better than, uh, Colorado, especially at their ownership. So probably going to be steering clear of, uh, this Colorado two chalk looks like they're going to be a popular duo or um, popular pairing with Edmonton, which we'll get to in just a second. Anything else in this game? Yeah, I can't tell, but baby. All right. Yeah. Going to see a lot of volume and a lot of uh, not non McKinnon volume. So generally pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff there. Talbot, I think he's, I got Kakinen up here. Talbot's 7,100, I think. So uh, I don't know that he's, Confirmed, confirmed, but I, I saw that he was likely to start. So you could always swap down if something changes on DK at least. And then FanDuel is pricing their goalies the uh, the exact same. Let's go to Ottawa and Edmonton. We've got about 10 more minutes here before we got to get out. 2.7 implied total for the Sens, 3.9 for the Oilers. It's Hogberg, it's Koskinen, and uh, it's Edmonton one night. We're showing – so the ownerships just – as you guys know, some of you know, uh, we get asked this all the time, like what tournament's it for? It's for the biggest tournament of the night, like the most entry tournament. So generally with that, you're going to get some high ownership on the studs. Um, but, you know, you might see McDavid at like 35% at 9K, 40%. I, I don't think would be that shocking. Same thing with Dreisaitl and like the $10. And the higher dollar stuff, they might get to 45 50 55 like it's, it's going to be pretty hefty chalk. So I guess that's really the only thing we can talk about here outside of just listing what Ottawa's got going on. Looks like, Oh no. Uh, Stetzel is in, I think it's just a naming issue that I'm seeing on my screen, but no Shabbat for Ottawa. Again, they got crushed by the same Edmonton team, gave up eight goals uh, in basically like two periods until they took their foot off the gas power play was working. If Ottawa's going to the penalty box here, it's probably going to be more of the same. Uh, yeah. I, just, just tell people how you're tr- like what you're doing with your lineups here. Okay. So this is, here's the conundrum for tonight is that obviously Edmonton is in a great spot and they're super expensive on a night like this. You kind of have two options. One is, I think one is overweight and one is fade. Like for me, I'm like, when I say fade, I mean, true fade. I know when you do 150 and you say fade, it'd be like, instead of 25%, I'd play 15%. Like that would be your definition of underweight, underweight, underweights, underweights. Yeah. That's a better term to use. So you'd be much underweight. Like when I say fade, I mean, genuinely fade like 0% McDavid in my 20 lineups. Here's the problem with tonight is that with Nathan McKinnon out, there's no other high dollar spot to pivot to. So it's either McDavid or like you talked about earlier, you know, two balanced stacks. That's what you're doing tonight. So 
my problem with not rostering McDavid is this, is that if McDavid has a four-point night, you're screwed. Whereas, you know, if the Vancouver power play goes off and, like, you know, Pedersen has a three-point night and JT Miller has a hat trick or something like that, you're still live with Edmonton later because they could blow that Vancouver power play out of the water and Vancouver power play is too expensive to stack with your Edmonton stack. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it is that if you don't stack McDavid and he goes off, you're toast. If you don't, if you do stack McDavid, you still have outs. You know what I mean? That's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. So I understand fading McDavid, and this morning when I woke up, that was my initial plan. I wasn't going to play them tonight. Like, it was like, I wasn't even going to look at the numbers. It was just auto fade because I knew that their ownership was going to be insane. But then as soon as I saw that Nathan McKinnon was out, that just changed everything for me because there's no pivot anymore. It's either play McDavid or play two balanced lines. So I'm going to go with the route of play McDavid. Um, I'm not going like super all in. Um, I think I think I have 65% right now. So one out of three lineups that I'm making is without McDavid or is without Edmonton. So I still have some outs, Um, but that's kind of the way I'm going, right? I'm going over on McDavid. What I will say about this matchup is two things. One, Ottawa crushed them at five on five in that game. All of not all Edmonton scored half their goals on the power play. Um, You know, they got their five on five goals in it as well, but let's not forget Ottawa scored five goals in that game themselves. Kachuk, Norris, and Connor Brown, that line absolutely throttled the dry sidle line at even strength. Kachuk was 87% expected goal share. Josh Norris, 83%. Connor Brown, 81%. Like, they rolled that dry sidle line. So, while I, I am in on the McDavid line here, I'm mixing in that Ottawa top line with them as a game stack, and I'm using that Ottawa top line in other stacks as well, like Vancouver Power Play. Yeah, I think like I'm not a huge proponent of the game stack, but I think here it does make some sense just because Ottawa is one of the teams that you've got multiple lines that you could use with Edmonton. And they're obviously an awesome play right now. I'm planning to have like closer to 30% of my lineups with Edmonton stacks, Edmonton one, Edmonton power play, some sort of combo. Like, you know, you're just trying to avoid dupes with the Edmonton that I have. Like give me a 2v2 away from – uh, a popular lineup um, and, and just sacrifice some projection with them is kind of the, the what I'm trying to target here when I do play uh, Edmonton. I don't think you need to fade them. I don't think you need to go all in on them. I live more in the, in the middle and uh, similar to what I did the other night, like 25 to 35% of my lineups have Edmonton stacks and the rest are more of the balanced approach. They're paying up for defensemen. I, I like Dougie a lot. Um, you know, you mix in Nurse instead of Tyson Berry or something, just and hope he he has a big game at five on five with McDavid. Like, there's ways to be a little bit different. Oh, um, and and Yamamoto too. They're saying Yamamoto's yeah. a candidate for power play one minutes, and we have his ownership. I think it's single digits or close to it. So um, that would be another guy to mix it. And he's cheap. He's under five k, so you can do you know McDavid, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and Barry, and still have money left over to make some sort of decent stack. Yeah. Uh, I like what you said about Ottawa one. I'll definitely have some full Ottawa one stacks. And then I'm going to also have some Ottawa three Colin white, Nick Paul and dad enough. Um, I'll have some of those as well. Super cheap. Um, 
And, you know, I just like playing dad and offered 3,300 top power play, all that. So yeah, the five on five numbers, this game was a little bit closer than what the scoreboard said after two periods, especially, but um, yeah, everyone's going to hammer Edmonton. I'm going to have a ton of Edmonton. Uh, you just hope the chips fall uh, where they may, I suppose. And you hope that you get the absolute nuts because uh, that's what you're going to need if Edmonton goes off. So this is going to be one of those nights where guys score 200 points. Uh, if Edmonton scores six goals here and everyone, like there's going to be Reddit threads of people complaining that they didn't cash with, you know, 150. Well, yeah, because you played all the chalk and you had two zeros in your lineup. So uh, just be prepared when Edmonton goes nuts. There's going to be a lot of tilting, I'm sure. All right. We've got just a couple minutes left, but this last game is not great. So it's the Ducks and the Kings 2.6 implied total for the Ducks 2.8 for the Kings. Gibson, Cal Peterson, those are your expected goalies. Uh, one thing that you like here, anything? Yanni Hockenpah. Who's that? Oh. Defenseman for Anaheim. He's been averaging a shot block bonus for the last five games. I'm in on Yanni Hockenpah tonight. All right. That's uh, not a, where I expected you to go. Uh, we got a little, we got a, what? We got another minute. So, anything more that you like in this game? Yeah, um, I do have him as a one-off. I do like John Gibson in net. Um, I don't mind using the top Los Angeles line because they play a pile of minutes together and they're fully correlated and they're reasonably priced. So you can mix them in with like your Vancouver power play or something like that. So, don't mind the LA top line, but maybe like one or two you know, 5% of your lineups or something like that. Not heavy. I like the LA one. The problem is just their ownership. They're pretty popular tonight. Um, they are fully correlated. Like there are some things going with them and they're a little bit difficult to fit in with Edmonton one. So um, maybe just not the cookie cutter Edmonton one, LA one, like those be some lineups I tend to stay away from, but uh, yeah, it's just going to be secondary parts of this game. The only reason that I would have parts of this game really is just, to get in more uh, stacks that I like elsewhere, whether it's Edmonton, whether it's Carolina, like they just fit nicely with a lot of other stuff. So it's not really about liking anything here, uh, especially not LA one at 15% ownership uh, in total. So anything else that we uh, failed to mention here? That's it for me. All right. Perfect timing. Thank you everybody for joining. There will not be a show tomorrow. It's only a two game slate and it starts early. So uh, just be aware of that. We'll still have projections, ownership, all that kind of stuff. NBA coming on right after this. Good luck tonight, everybody. We'll catch you all in Slack. Good luck.